This is Professor Emin Gunsir from Cornell University, founder of Ava Labs and uh, co-founder of Bloxroute, and you're listening to Milk on Coinspice. You're listening to Milk, soothing crypto's burn, with host C. Edward Kelso from Coinspice.io, your home for just spicy crypto things online. is really going on crypto savages this is your host c edward kelso editor-in-chief out at coinspice.io back with another episode of milk soothing cryptos burn i've got amari sachet he's of course lead developer for bitcoin abc which is the team all about bringing electronic peer-to-peer cash to the world in the form of course of bitcoin cash or bch He has, in the last year especially, become a giant lightning rod. And after this this contentious hard fork uh, come chain split of uh, last November, so about two months ago, I thought it was really important to get him right now. It's a transitional time for everybody in the space, but especially for Bitcoin Cash. And seeing as how he has a disproportionate impact on what happens uh, with uh, that project, Whether you're an investor, whether you're a code dilettante, uh, just kind of a general enthusiast, or you know someone who's interested in the politics uh, of of the space, you have to kind of know where Sachet is to get a sense of really what's happening. And so I was sort of taking his temperature throughout the uh, uh, throughout the actual um, episode here, and you'll you'll get a sense of why. Um, Just to put it all out there, I am a huge fan of his. I think he's done a lot of great things, and so I proceed that way. You'll get a sense immediately uh, of, of, of how I feel about him. And then we get into all sorts of different topics, from the yellow vests. Uh, he's actually in uh, um, France right now, just outside of Paris. Uh, we talk about, of course, the uh, uh, his being a, a celebrity, and then we transition into all the different things that are going on. Uh, with Bitcoin Cash right now, uh, the avalanche uh, weaving uh, into the code, um, where he thinks it could be going, uh, ultimately, and I talked to him a little bit about the lawsuit as well. So we, you know, I try to touch on everything so that you have a document, you have something right now that marks this time in uh, at the beginning of 2019 that you can refer to and use as you'd like. Um, again. I think it's a great episode, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Here is lead developer for Bitcoin ABC, Amari Sachet. Uh, well, first off, man, uh, this is an honor for me. I, I've always wanted to, had, had we ever met at a conference or something, I, I, I sort of rehearsed this in my head. I just wanted to go over and, and shake your hand. And uh, just say thank you. Uh, thank you for, you know, I, I think creator is maybe a little uh, uh, kind of strange to say to you, but thank you for the work uh, of, of way back in, um, geez, it seems like so long ago now, uh, in mid-2017 and, and before then uh, for Bitcoin Cash, for putting up the good fight. Uh, you, you know, you've taken a lot of heat and I have, yes. I, I kind of, I, I, I exist, my, my whole job really exists on your coattails. And so you, you have no idea the effect you've had on, on my life. 
and uh, how positive uh, an impact it's been. So I, I wanted to start right off and just say thank you, man. Thank you for, for all that you do. We, we, a, a lot of people really appreciate you. Okay, so that, that's great to hear and, and thank you too, right? Because I'm, even though I, I made like the protocol specification and stuff like that and coded not all of it, but a good chunk of it, um, uh, like, you know, none of that is working without the community around it. So people like you are also doing important, important job. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're in France, and yeah, it sounds yeah. stupid to ask, but uh, are, you, are you somewhere close to Paris? Uh, yeah, I'm not in Paris, though, but I'm okay. in the side not too far away. So h how, do you, how are you finding the, the Yellow Vest uh, protests? Is this something uh, you're, you're interested in, or uh, is it, because it, it gets a lot of press out here, a lot of media in the United States is covering it. Um, what, what, what are your thought's about it? Yeah, so uh, first you've got to realize all the media is. Uh, the media like to, uh, so, okay, to begin with, the yellow vest is some real stuff, right? But the media is going to show you all the most outrageous part of it. Sure. The more mild part of the movement is, is uh, never, uh, never really shown because it, you know, doesn't do as much audience. So um, as, a, as a result, uh, people tend to have a bit of a bias idea of, of what's going on. It seems much worse than it actually is when you look at, at foreign media mostly. Um, but, but you're generally, you, you're, you, you, th you see this as a positive. Um, so I don't know, there, there, is, there is a lot of pro and cons. Um, here is the thing, like French people are uh, very statist, um, <laughs> like currently speaking. And so even though they are very pissed off at the government, they are still in that mindset that, you know, you need, you need like a better guy to make the decision, right? Um, yeah, we, we had that here with the Occupy movement. It drove me crazy yes. with occupiers. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yes. So in, in that sense, it's, it's quite similar to the Occupy movement. The, the, uh, the reason why they're protesting makes a lot of sense. And I think there is a lot of, uh, lot of legitimate grievance there. But um, the solution that they are asking for, um, in my opinion, are very likely to make the problem worse and not better. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, it's funny because just, just a couple of weeks prior to it breaking out and really kind of catching uh, fire, um, in the U.S., the press had, had just bestowed this love on, on Macron. Uh, he was the, he's the new golden boy. Uh, he was talking shit uh, to Trump. Uh, he was doing all the right things, checking off all the right boxes. And two weeks later, he's a villain. He's awful. <laughs> it just, they completely well, changed the narrative. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, that's very much what the media is, right? Like some dude is going to be a hero one day and he's like the, the worst gay in the world the other day. Uh, because that's sell more than saying, you know, like there is something it does well and some other thing it doesn't do very well, you know. But that's uh, much more mild. Uh, much more mild impression of it and it doesn't sell as much clicks and, and ads and newspaper. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're going to have like, it's the hero is going to like, you know, revolutionize. So president do their thing. And then, you know, yeah, a few weeks later, it's like, Oh, it's going to be killed by people. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the truth is somewhere in between. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just, it was shocking. I mean, I, you know, I've seen this cycle many, many, many times. Uh, but uh, it was it was interesting because he was just, he could do no wrong you know he was he was just you know 
he was he was the goal he he was the de facto leader of Europe for at least three weeks, and then uh, boy did that change. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, well, on, on the personality thing and on the media thing now, I, I kind of get the sense again, we, we've never, you know, met, uh, but we know really a ton of the same people and we travel in the same circles, uh, philosophically, uh, economically, but I, I get the sense you're not all that interested in the fame part, the, um, the, the, the crypto celebrity part. I think uh, I, I get the sense like you're you're a very good speaker. You're obviously bilingual at least, and you 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 know you, you're able to convey uh, convey rather ideas very very well. But I get the sense that you know we, we kind of have <laughs> uh, the the media the crypto space has to kind of yank you in to to you know self promotion or talking about your personal stuff. How has it been as a as an engineer as a developer as a builder, someone who has this uh, objective um, measurement and, and, and metric tools to see whether things are done. H how has it been having been sort of thrust into the limelight, into celebrity and fame? Uh, what, what <laughs> is it, is it as painful as it seems? Um, so th there are good aspects of it, but you are correct that there are also, um, uh, various negative aspects of it. Um, and, and, uh, so yeah, th there is that need that you need to be communicating, uh, what you're doing and all of that. But at the same time, every time you're doing that, you are not building and not presumably building than, uh, than doing that. So it's, it's always, um, it's always a bit tricky. Um, but and, uh, yeah. you'd much rather be writing code or, or, uh, or build. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I get that sense. What you turn out is that if you don't do it at all, then also people are gonna do it for you, and it's even worse than not right. And so, um, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one way or the other, it's gonna happen. Uh, well, yeah. all right. So you know, obviously, you came into my orbit and the community's orbit. I would say more prominently leading up to the. Uh, um, the historic fork uh, of my, in my view, the only real successful uh, fork from uh, from Bitcoin Core, and then you really, really came into the debate uh, this November and uh, leading up to that, and you were all over the place. Um, there were lots of thoughts about you, one way or the other, um, and it, it, I, the dust has somewhat settled. I think you know it's we 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 now have a split. There's there's definitely you know at least in on our side of things there there are now two experiments right happening. You have the sort of the government friendly version um, out there that's you know promoting you know regulations and rules and they're suing everybody. And then you have I, I don't know that that's very strange. Uh -huh. um, um, I, I'm not quite sure this is what they stand for. Like th this wasn't the narrative for a very long time. It's came up very much recently. So mm. you, see, you see this effect where the narrative is constantly changing. And when you see that, you know, we, we saw the same with uh, SegWit maybe two years ago. Right. Where, um, uh, you know, people tell you, okay, we need it for reason X, and then actually this is reason Y, and it, it, it changed. So when that happened, um, most of the time, sometimes genuinely people change their mind, but when that happened consistently again and again and again, you 
should assume that there is some actual motive that people don't want to tell you. And I, you know, that's that's also being bandied about uh, quite a bit. Uh, how are you feeling now with with it with it relatively settled um, and Bitcoin Cash now? Hopefully, can can go about its uh, its merry way. Um, you know, are, are you are you hopeful? Are you kind of in between? Uh, where, where are you? No, I'm actually uh, more hopeful than I was during most of the year. Um, I, I see much more upside. Uh, even though we took a lot of damage, I think most of the damage is behind us now. And um, it allowed very much to, um, you know, it, it allowed very much to see who was actually behind, you know, shut the vision and who is behind the project. So I think now we have a much stronger group of people working together um, and, and much higher quality of discourse. Um, than, than we had before with people working on VCH. Yeah, uh, I'm getting a sense of that uh, as well from, from what I'm hearing and, and kind of watching. Um, I want to ask, because I think uh, a lot of people want me to ask, um, and I have to, I have to restrain myself because I, I'm trying to be somewhat objective, but it's almost impossible. Um, this fucking lawsuit, uh, this thing that popped up, I, I just find it so you know, I'm not even talking about the merits, right? I'm just talking about this idea that we're now going to start suing developers, that uh, that there are people here that are, that are going to go after because they lost or they perceived to lose or or whatever, and they, they start this stupid war. And then all of a sudden this, this lawsuit pumps up. Um, how are you, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to get into too much of the nitty gritty. If you don't want to talk about it, we can, we can just move on. But how are, how are you dealing with this? Like, is this putting more stress on what you do or are you just like mm, moving on? Uh, yeah, not much. So first there is like, you know, this is, this is a case that is ongoing. So I'd, I'd rather avoid saying too much about it. I can right. say I feel about it and this kind of stuff, but not, uh, I'd rather avoid talking about the case itself. Um, uh, as it turned out, there is a lawyer that is handling that for me. And so me, myself, I don't have that much to do about it. Um, it, it, it seems that, you know, the accusation doesn't have that much of a leg to stand on. So it's, it's probably going to be, um, you know, one way or another, I'm not too worried about the result. Obviously, this is, you know, never done. But um, I'm not too worried about it. But I think it's it's kind of a confirmation that, you know, there is really a difference of vision <laughs> and, and it, um, you know, yeah, just different worldview that are completely, uh, completely incompatible. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, okay, well, I just, I, I thought I at least should touch on it. Um, so let's, let's move on to what you're doing now that the dust has settled, now that you, you know, there's a clearer path ahead of you. Um, there's less contention, more uh, the, the dialogue has been elevated, uh, as, as you say. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about um, someone called your code writing? Uh, I, I, I rarely hear this. Someone said that they, they looked at some of your, your integration of Avalanche into um, uh, the protocol. They called it beautiful code writing. <laughs> uh, I have not heard that before. Uh, so can, can you tell us a little bit about Avalanche and, and uh, how, that's, how that's going to or will or is impacting uh, Bitcoin Cash? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so the primary goal of Bitcoin Cash is to have the best monetary property, uh, you know, technically achievable, right? And uh, one of those properties is that you want to have a transaction with very fast settlement, as fast as possible, right? So when you send cash to, like, you know, when you give cash to some person, I mean, like, you know, actual banknotes or coins, uh, that person, you know, receive that, put them in their wallet, and it takes them a few seconds, and here you go, the transaction is set up, right? Um, right. And when you use credit card and stuff like that, typically it takes like two to three months to settle a transaction. But during those two to three months, you still have a very, um, very high degree of confidence that the transaction is going to go through. And with Bitcoin and also blockchain mechanism, you are in that weird spot compared to credit card where after you know 10 minutes or you know depending on how long it, it takes to find the block but after you know um, say less than an hour you have a degree of confidence in the transaction that is much higher than what you would have with credit card right but during those first 10 minutes or so you have a degree of confidence that is much lower and even though we don't see a lot of people exploiting that right now. You can also show with research that um, you can do double spend with you know a fairly high degree of uh, of success rate. So as far as far as I know, on BCH, it's somewhere in the 20-25% range. If you want to do it and you know mm -hmm. to do it, on BDC, I'm not quite sure what the numbers are, but I know it's very easy, um, especially when the mempool is full. Um, on BSV, people have been able to identify the miner and do it much more efficiently as well. There is some uh, Spanish guy, I can't remember his name right now, but there is some Spanish guy that found a way to do it with like 90-something percent success rate. Mm. Um, so, so this time very much like before you find the block is... Um, is, is something that we need to improve. And um, it's a bit difficult because fundamentally the problem you need to solve is that when you have two transactions that say something that, that conflicts, so say there is one transaction that said I send money to you and there is another transaction that say I send money to someone else. Well, mm -hmm. Because the network is distributed, right? You, when, when you have one authority, the authority can say, okay, this is the one that is correct, right? So if you have Visa, PayPal, or MasterCard, or whoever, they can say, okay, this is the transaction that I considered valid, and this is the one that I consider invalid. And because we have one authority that decides, it's very easy to decide. But right. we have a distributed system. And on a distributed system, the transaction, they you know, take some time to propagate. Uh, some not may be honest, some not may be dishonest. Right, and so some nodes are going to say, "Okay, I consider transaction A to be the correct one," and some other nodes may say, "I consider transaction B to be the correct one." And there is really no way to decide um, which one is more true than the other because there is no, you know, single point uh, of authority that can decide. Right? Everybody has his own, like when I say everybody, every node software that right. machine has its own opinion of which one is correct. And so what happened, or we reconciliate that, is that when there is a miner that finds a block, whatever is in the block is, you know, is everybody is going to switch to that opinion, right? So if transaction A is in the next block, then 
everybody that thinks that transaction B was the correct one is going to say, okay, I was wrong, and I'm going to do like it is in the block. Um, so this works on the time scale of minutes. But faster than that, it, it stopped breaking down, and there are various reasons for that. But the, the main, like the intuition behind it is that uh, it takes time to propagate a block. And so if you have more blocks that, you know, say, um, it, it, say a block takes one second to propagate. If another block is found during that time, then you have a race between two blocks. Right. And you wait for the next block to, you know, do a tie break. And so if you start making the block time very short, what happens is that uh, there is a lot of block that is found when other blocks are starting to propagate. Uh, but they have not finished propagating. And what happened is that you have more branch that create themselves more than the network is able to reconciliate by finding new blocks. And so you have total consensus failure. So on the like so yeah, the, the old blockchain way works on the time scale of minutes, but doesn't work very much on the time scale of second, which is what we would like to have. And so we actually did a lot of research way before the Avalanche paper came around, but really the Avalanche paper made a breakthrough in, in terms of consensus algorithm. And it, it's actually uh, very elegant and very simple, but the basic idea is that each node, you know, consider transaction A and transaction B valid, and it's gonna do uh, very much like the scientific method, right? So what is the scientific method? The scientific method is, um, you make a statement, an hypothesis, right? You decide, okay, transaction A is true, right? This is your hypothesis. And then you're gonna run an experiment to test that hypothesis. And the experiment goes as follows. If I consider transaction A to be true, but you know, if, if this is correct, then if I pull several nodes, they are gonna all tell me that transaction A is the main one, right? So you do that and you get the result of the experiment. And if the experiment is conformed to your hypothesis, you increase the confidence you have in the hypothesis, right? And if the, the, the experiments say this is wrong, then you change your hypothesis. And so the nodes are doing exactly that. They query all the nodes and they get the result and three things can happen. One is that the result is conformant with the node hypothesis, so it increases the confidence that transaction A is the real one. Uh, most of the nodes that are queried say, no, it's actually it's B. And so in that case, then I'll say, okay, the experiment doesn't conform to my hypothesis. So I change my worldview and now I make a new hypothesis and that new hypothesis is transaction B is, um, you know, the real one. And then I start again. And the third option is like, you know, some nodes say A, some nodes say B, uh, the results are very mixed up. And so in that case, you conclude that the experiment is kind of inconclusive and you need more experiments. And so you can demonstrate that when nodes are running that algorithm, they are going to converge very quickly toward the same set of transactions. Even if, if a portion of those nodes are actually, you know, um, what we call Byzantine, which yeah. means they are actually, uh, you know, not, um, not participating in good faith, but participating in a way that try to cause problems with the network. And and so what you can do is that you can run that protocol and that protocol can tell you within seconds if transaction A or transaction B is the real one. And then um, once this is decided, um, 
you can uh, essentially choose transaction A. And, and then if you have a block that is mined with transaction B in it, you can say, okay, that miner is trying to take a bribe uh, because everybody decided with Avalanche that transaction A was the real one. So we are not going to pick up that block and, and, and we're going to find it essentially, which, which guarantees that within seconds, within seconds guarantees what, you know, what is going to go here. And and so you, you, it sounds like you guys are all in uh, for for integrating uh, Avalanche. Would that be right to say? Uh, I'd say um, we are all in integrating preconsensus. This is something I've been talking about for a very long time. Avalanche is a form of it. If there is something better that came along, then we can do that. But it seems that right now, um, uh, this is the most promising. You know. Promising technology on that front, and this uh, this comes to us. Uh, I want to say May of last year. That's that's when the paper sort of hit. Um, I don't remember. The paper is about a year old. Right. I'm I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I don't remember the date exactly. Sure, sure. Uh, but it's relatively new, right? Yes, but the idea that you'd have to run some protocol between the nodes so they can agree uh, if transaction A or B is the correct one before the block is found. Is, uh, it, it's not a new idea, actually. Um, but that protocol is a significant technical step uh, that allowed to move in that direction. It's, it's significantly better than every single proposal that existed on that front. Yeah, and I'm I'm hearing that uh, that as well. There's lots of excitement. I'm seeing more and more devs uh, post about it. Uh, some you know very in depth. Some just kind of um, you know trying to uh, trying to explain it to the lay public like me. Um, so that sounds uh, sounds very very promising. Um, so just to kind of end here, how do you <laughs> how do you how do you relax? So like you're doing all this coding. You're constantly involved in, in now the, the silly politics of, of our space. Um, what, what do you do that has nothing to do with like on a, on, a, on a night where you're not in, you know, you just don't want to think about coding. You don't want to think about uh, Bitcoin cash or, or, or cryptocurrency. Uh, what, what are like some of your hobbies? Like, you know, do you, do you shoot basketball? Do you, do you play soccer? Like, like, like what do you do? Um, so most people are aware probably already, but I do uh, speed cubing, which is like uh, competition, uh, solving Rubik's cube as fast as possible. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I, so I used to be very serious about it. Uh, oh, it's 10 years ago now. So 10 years ago, I did the world championship. Uh, I was um, you know, very serious about it. Uh, what happened during those 10 years, though, is that I'm as fast as I was at the time, but everybody else became much, much faster. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not the wrong. So I do about 15 second average to give numbers. Um, at the time in, in 2009, the best in the world, they were doing something like 12 second average, right? But no, the best in the world, they do seven second average. Jesus. So they are literally twice as fast as I am now. So <laughs> wow. I, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> slowing down, getting old. Um, yeah, my yeah. Uh, for my daughters, I have uh, 
different uh, uh, permutations of the Rubik's cube, and uh, it uh, it keeps them it keeps them going for hours on end. Uh, they can just sit there and try to try to make that work. It's it's a it's a variation on algorithmic thinking, right? Uh, yeah, there's some of that, but there is also um, um, a whole aspect that is very similar to juggling or magic. You know, like doing doing the move the right way, and and you know, it's a bit difficult to explain. But you know, like uh, there is a very physical aspect to it. Right, right. I mean, maybe not physical in the sense of you know lifting or whatever, but physical uh, more in the sense of agility and speed and you know being precise. Very cool, very cool. And uh, um, I, I know in the chat they were asking you uh, for a reading list, <laughs> um, and uh, so we'll leave with this. If there was one book that you could give to people that were um, you know kind of getting into cryptocurrency and you know, maybe didn't want to, you know, get too technical or, or what have you. Um, what, uh, just to kind of sort of explain the ethos or the, the overall way of thinking of, uh, of crypto, what, what book would you recommend? Uh, for crypto specifically, I don't know if there is such a book yet. Sure. Uh, at least I haven't read one. I mean, there are a lot of interesting books about crypto, but there is not, uh, and, and, I, I think mostly because people don't even agree on what that beast is. You know, it's very, sure. it's very new. And, uh, you know, it's changing a lot of, like, you know, it, it essentially forced people to reconsider a bunch of ideas that they had about money and technology for a very long time. And so I'm, I'm not quite sure, like, you know, and it's very clear if you look at the split with BTC and SV and Ethereum that you're also doing something completely different. Um, it's very clear that people, you know, some people they say, okay, it's like, it's like gold, but but computer gold, right? Digital gold. It's, right. it's like for smart contracts. So people have all kind of idea of what this technology is. Um, but I would say probably if it's someone that is uh, not really in the space and want to understand a bit about it, I would say probably free economics. Um, it's so it, it's a book about economics, but it's um, maybe not the most precise and informative book, but it's very fun. Yeah. It, it's studying the economics of, you know, uh, drug cartel and this kind of stuff, for instance, like subject in economy, like, you know, it's, it's like interesting subject and, and, you know, they look like, for instance, in the drug cartel case, they look at all the drug cartel are organized. And how much money the different people working uh -huh. in the capital are making and stuff like that. And then they explain the economics behind it and why, you know, it's organized that way and why, you know, this person is making so much money that this other person and, you know, so on and so forth. And this is, this is very interesting, right? It could present the, you the same thing with, uh, you know, graph and, and equation and whatever. And it would be very boring. Uh, but the way, the way these books goes at it, it's actually teach you to look at various stuff that happen in, in life that seemingly don't have anything to do with economics, but, um, uh, but actually they do. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that, I, would be, that would be the book I, I, I would recommend because it's fun and it gets you into the right mindset to understand economics question. 
Yeah, and it seems, <clears throat> I think, too, uh, economics has gotten uh, a tad lost in uh, becoming too econometric and less seeing sort of the human action side of things. And so freaking out. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's very much yeah. on the human action side of it. Um, yeah. Also, economic has, has been a bit, lo- I think this is probably one of the biggest aspects, like biggest positive point of cryptocurrency that people don't quite realize is that um, it was very difficult for most of history to work on economic as a science because it's very difficult to do experiments, right? Uh, because you can say, okay, what happened when we do X? And then you're like, okay, when we do X, everybody is starving, right? So now you have a bunch of people and it's extremely uh, unethical. So you, you really cannot do that. And even though sometimes some country decide to do it anyway, uh, what happened is that they, they don't do it in like a scientific manner, right? There is no control group. Uh, they take a bunch of measures, so then economists can argue forever which one actually caused everybody to starve uh, or for which combination of one caused everybody to starve. And so that makes it very difficult to, to consider economic on a scientific side. But with cryptocurrency, we can do that actually. So... Um, for instance, Bitcoin decided to make an experiment, right? Like, an experiment is what happened when you limit the velocity of money to, you know, a handful of transactions per second. Well, a bunch of stuff happened, right? right and right. and a theory about what would happen, but no, we can run the experiment and, and things happen and nobody is starving to death, right? Like, maybe, maybe some people lost some money, some people made some money, but overall, the, the consequences are not dire in the way it would be if, you know, say France decided, no, France is going to do only three transactions per second. And we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. Right? And no, that's so, that's a, it's a great point. Yeah, a really good point. And uh, that kind of gets back to what we were talking about with the differences now in the chain split and some of these other um, ideas about crypto. You have a real life. It's, it's very rare that life hands you kind of a clean control, right? So you can, you can now historically look at how these projects work through, whether it's regulatory capture or, um, you know, smaller blocks, bigger blocks, uh, you know, the emphasis on mediums of exchange versus that of stores of value, um, people who want to lock down protocols versus people who are a little bit more open to innovation. Uh, we, have, we now have the experiment, right? Yeah, and you also have some coins that are infinite inflation, like Dogecoin. You have some coins that have, you know, finite supply, like Bitcoins and a derivative. You have like all kind of, you have all kind of crazy ideas, right? But yeah. we're a bunch of data, and I think economic, you know, people working on economics, uh, economics academic, I guess, economists maybe, <laughs> <laughs> are, are going to find a lot of raw material in there. Um, it was happening a bit before cryptocurrency with uh, uh, massive, uh, massive online games. Uh, things like Everline, you have no idea how many economic thesis have been made based on Everline. Right. Uh, uh, and, and for that very reason, right? Because um, you have this virtual world, right? So if everybody starves in some area in the virtual world, then that's not as big of a deal with, you know, compared to people actually starving. And so, there are all kinds of weird economic experiments that have been run in Evolve Line, and, and there are scientific papers about them that are very interesting. 
and and now we can um, you know we can bring that to the next level. But that means like over the past say you know twenty years or so, economics is really stepping in in um, it's stepping in the space of being a science, right? And I find that very fascinating and very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's it took a circuitous route, but it's it's slowly getting there. Um, wow. Uh, and you know, just on that thought, uh, when when Bitcoin Core uh, in late 2017 was skyrocketing and and doubling, uh, sometimes in price or you know in in, in value at least uh, theoretically. Um, my wife and I had Bitcoin Core, and it completely changed our spending habits uh, without us even knowing it. Because we thought, well, if we if we spend money on this this plastic crap from China or this coffee or you know whatever, uh, you know that that's money that could have easily doubled. You know, and so in the United States, we have again, relatively speaking you know, good money. So in other words, it's, you know, fairly stable, it's easy to use and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very inflationary, right? So we have to like, we have to get rid of it fast. There's no incentive to save. Uh, we just, we, you know, we get paid, we have to spend it. They got to turn it into something, you know, of, of relative value. Whereas with Bitcoin, yeah. uh, it was changing our, ent- I mean, we became almost miserly because then every purchase was like, wait a second, <laughs> like, wait a second. Well, why, why, why do you want to buy that? Whereas before, who gave a shit? You know what I mean? Like, ah, we'll buy it, you know. But now it was like, wait a second, <laughs> that, that cost, you know, 300 Bitcoin. Hell no, you know. Or, or Yeah, I, I think that's one of the very positive change. Uh, I think this is like, first, this is one reason why um, uh, currency that have a supply that is capped are probably going to do better than the one that do not. Uh, because you have this effect, like you want to, <laughs> you want to audit. Right, because yeah. only twenty-one million of them. Um, so, so there is this effect, and I think this is something like you see a lot of uh, people, especially people that are, um, you know, uh, uh, sensible to ecological causes and stuff like that, and they see Bitcoin proof of work as a, a waste of resources and all that. But right. uh, I would like to oppose. Uh, what you're saying, like right now, we have a huge consumerist society that exists mostly because people uh, cannot save, right? And um, and I think it would change the behavior of uh, mostly everybody. Maybe not to the extent that it happened to you, the way you describe it, because um, you're probably more conscious about economics than than most people are if you are in that space. Sure, uh, but. But I would expect that to happen to most people that use this kind of currency to some extent. It, it it's gonna I you know if it does you know gain adoption it it will definitely change habits. Uh, we saw just with um, uh, you know and then I'll, I'll wrap this up. But uh, you just you got me thinking um, with the advent of the Federal Reserve in the United States and sort of this this turn in in the uh, early twentieth century to central banking and the ease of credit. Um, it would blow up these bubbles and it, it does kind of change or at least we, you know, it's hard to know, you know, which came first and which came second and what was truly uh, influential there. But there's some anecdotal evidence to show that when people have, you know, kind of free flowing credit, uh, it seems like it's going to last forever. You know, skirts kind of rise up. Uh, they tend to be a little bit more carefree. Uh, the moral 
part of the society, t- you know, they tend to get a little bit more experimental, oh. or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, there is a lot of study about it, uh, more in, in biology, actually. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the R, uh, uh, R and K selection theory. Uh-huh. And also evolutionary uh, economists, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm less familiar with that work, but... Um, That's okay, go, go ahead. Anarcha selection is like, uh, uh, it's also evolutionary, and, and it's evolutionary of species. So you have some, um, some species that have very abundant resources, and you have some other species that evolve in an environment where resources are pretty scarce. Um, and you end up on very different, uh, very different evolutionary path, right? So... The, the creatures that have very abundant resources are going to usually have a lot of children, but uh, not take care of them very much. And, uh, and they are going to reproduce very fast. But, you know, when there's uh-huh. disease or whatever, like, you know, three quarters of them are going to die, essentially. Yeah, you know, they, they become like very carefree and they reproduce a lot and, and consume a lot of resources, but they don't care because they have a lot of resources. And... And then you have the opposite side of it, where you're gonna have species that, um, you know, take a few children, but take great care of them, and um, and and, uh, and yeah, take great care of their, their environment and don't reproduce like crazy because they live in, in constrained resources environment. And I kind of see the same happening with human beings to a lesser extent. Like humans are definitely a species that invest a lot in their children and don't have many of them, but. Um, you see that effect where when resources are abundant, people become more tolerant to risk and more carefree, like exactly what you were explaining. And, and this is what you see in those, in those species in evolution. Though man is, man is an interesting species because we can change our behavior. We're smart enough to adapt our behavior uh, to a much greater extent than pretty much any other species that exist. Right. And so to the extent we can adapt, um, to evolutionary pressure without having to wait for, you know, like 20 generation or whatever at the time it's going to take to select the right people. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating. And uh, it, it will change how everybody looks at, at, at economics and their relationship uh, to money. And uh, that's, Oh uh, yeah. That is, that is at least the, the beginning of a discussion. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's already happening to some extent, but it's going to become, it's going to become much bigger. I think it was very interesting. For instance, I saw a speech from uh, Paul Krugman to some crypto conference recently, and that was that was very interesting to find Paul Krugman that that have been saying that crypto was complete baloney since right, beginning. and he's still saying it to some extent, but he's going at the conference now. So so it at least cares enough to go to the conference and have a speech there, whereas. Right. He would have not even have responded to the invitation. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really, really good point. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather Paul yeah. go nowhere near it, but I, but I got you. I, I, I didn't understand you. Um, well, yeah. um, wow. Well, you know, I told you half an hour, and I've, I've taken you way beyond that. Um, I, I really appreciate all of your time. And again, man, thank you so much for everything that you've done. And that you continue to do for for the Bitcoin Cash community. I I know you, you're you're not really into the whole celebrity thing, and so dragging you on the show and everything, <laughs> uh, it's just another sacrifice. It's, it's not like it's not. There are some people that get very young shoes and stuff like that when they need to 
to you know put themselves more publicly this is not um this is not my case too much right but it, it's it's not like my my number one uh motivator <laughs> yeah uh well very good um you know, best of luck uh, to to all that you do. You. Um, really looking forward to what the future holds for Bitcoin Cash, uh, for Amari Sachet, and for uh, Bitcoin ABC and all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again, man. And, and you know, maybe in a in a we'll catch up uh, um, in a, in a few more months here. So thanks again. Okay, thank you. Thanks to Coinspace as well. You guys are <laughs> like yeah, you're doing like often quite hilarious stuff. I like it.